Welcome! Welcome, lovely listeners, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Turner, and joining me in our studios in Southern Illinois is a man who's always down for a little crossbar challenge. It's producer Mason. How you doing this week, Mason? Had a good week? Uh, yeah, doing well. Um, honestly, I don't even know if I would hit a crossbar, but I sure do love watching the crossbar challenge. <laughs> it is a lot of, lot of fun. It's a lot easier to hit if you watch the professionals do it if they're not trying to than when they do try. <laughs> Trotting out the entire Seattle Sounders roster to take the crossbar challenge. <laughs> oh, they went in a heartbeat. Uh, also joining us this week uh, is a man who says a day with a goal every 20 and a half minutes just isn't enough scoring for him. It's Sean Campbell. How's your week been, Sean? Oh, it's been fantastic. Absolutely Absolutely wonderful games. Can't wait to talk about them later. You know, it's it's always a good weekend when you can break a scoring record in a, for a single day. Beautiful. <laughs> folks, folks, beautiful it's games. Beautiful. They don't want you to know this. Beautiful. <laughs> Fantastic a, guys out there. <laughs> there's a reason that we call it the beautiful game. Agents at the door. <laughs> FBI, open up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not my safe. That's where I keep my beer. (laughs) But on to more serious matters. Uh, We've got uh, some St. Louis City news. And it's actually big club news. Having to do with the MLS club as they've signed a new international player. Canadian defender Kyle Hebert was signed from City 2. So what do we know about this Kyle Hebert guy? Well, I don't know. He sounds like a loser slime. to me. <laughs> <laughs> big fat loser. <laughs> that definitely sounds like the kind thing? of guy you don't want on the goal line at, <laughs> as a last ditch effort when, you know, Berkey comes out a little too aggressive or something. Oh, wait. Uh, just out for a rip, are you, bud? <laughs> well, apparently Lutz and Coach Hackworth disagree with you because they did sign him. To a two-year deal starting in 2023 with an option for 2025 as well. He's tied in MLS Next Pro for clean sheets as a defender with seven. And he's fifth most for minutes played with the 16-16 out of a possible 16-20. That's yeah. tight. Yeah, he missed <laughs> he missed four minutes. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's tied for second as a clean sheets for a defender. Um yeah, he got subbed out for four minutes. Otherwise, he has started every game that St. Louis has played. Played them all. But yeah, in all seriousness, Kyle Hebert is somebody you really want on your back line. He deserves to be on the team. He's proven that with his with the number of clean sheets he's helped contribute to. Uh, obviously, Hackworth believes in him as well. The fact that he's only missed four minutes the entire season. Um, he knows when to close down the gaps. He knows when to leave a little bit more space. He can distribute the ball very well. Uh, he's just a very, very solid center, central presence in that in that defensive core right there with Josh Yarrow. And can't wait to see him on the first team. Yeah, um, absolute horse too. Talking about those minutes, um, but also um, I didn't take this down, but I think from memory he's got like a sixty-seven percent dual win. And maybe even better for aerial duels. Um, he's yeah, he's been really crucial on that back line for us. Yeah, he's been good. Uh, I would say that uh, out of the ones because we're not really sure what kind of contract Juan Cousin's on. So him to be the the next one up just seems to be 
right and proper. Yeah, every every list does not have him on the 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 city SC roster, but we all just kind of have like it's become like almost like Mandela affected that he is. And it's like, I, I'm really like, I don't think he is. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't no. heard it like we did with Yarrow. It had not been mentioned anywhere. I I would be very disappointed if he doesn't get a first, a true first team contract. Um, if nothing else, he's proven that uh, he's good for a good old thunder bastard every now and again. And it, in my opinion, that's something you need to have as a threat so you can stay as a multifaceted attack going forward. If you're going to play that high press, you need to have that secondary ball in the guy that can make the runs do a little bit of everything. It, it, he's 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 a bit of an about a, a, a bit of a utility army knife kind of guy, and I I love seeing. Yeah, him. yeah, no, he and he Moncuzan has been fantastic in the midfield for us too. Um, I think that he absolutely deserves a shot at the first team, but like we we are all just talking like he's already got it. It's like I don't think he does. Uh, but it could be one of those supplemental contracts. Same thing. We don't know what actual kind of contract Hebert got. Though that's an extensive contract, so we'll just see. Uh, Yarrow, quite certain that he's going to be on a senior roster contract uh, as it's set up. But yeah, Yarrow's a done deal. We got plenty of time to talk about that later in the season, uh, after the season, so to speak. But uh, currently, a season that's still going on is Cal Hebert's current team, uh, St. Louis City SC2. And they had a big win at home, one of their last couple of games at home for the season, as they came from behind to take down the Chicago Fire two, two to one. Yeah, and um, big shout out to MLS Next Pro for completely breaking for the whole weekend, so we couldn't watch it. Yeah, no, no stream. They they, they knew the we game, were going to so. score twice and preemptively shut it down. <laughs> it, yeah, man, I. I've been trying to be kind of uh, diplomatic about the MLS Next Pro service, but I'm really starting to get on board with what everyone else thinks, that this is just frankly unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, they they updated the website, giving us a lot more stats, a lot more information. So it looks a lot like the MLS, you know, soccer.com website. And in the meantime, they just lost all streaming. So, uh it was down for like the whole weekend. You couldn't watch any games. One step forward, yeah. two steps back. It's what we expect from this league, right? Yeah. Well, I thankfully, unlike the last time that we had a stream cut out and go dead for the for the entire time, we did. They did have highlights, so they were recording something, even if the stream wasn't up. So I was able to go and watch the highlights, and it was really just like the scoring chances um, or the goals. Um, and it was kind of bang, bang. Uh, it didn't from the highlights and looking through the feed, it didn't seem like there was much going on for the first 30 minutes or so. In the 31st, Chicago has a pretty decent setup going, but puts a through ball into somebody who's clearly offside. Um, so uh, they score, but flag is up. No goal. A few minutes later, though, they have a pretty similar situation. Uh, they get uh, there's kind of a scrum happening here. Uh, you've got McGrain converging on the ball, Yaro, one of our other defenders, I don't know, and then the Chicago player cutting in. Everyone's trying to go for the ball. It's a big scrum, and it finds the back of the net. 
So, uh, 1-0 Chicago. No doubts about the second one, though. Yeah. Josh Yarrow brought the equalizer uh, with, in the 56th minute. There was a long free kick crossed over from uh, Victor Diaz. Uh, he finds him open. He puts it in the first goal of the season for the captain, Josh Yarrow. Oh, captain, my captain. See. But also Victor Diaz. <laughs> oh, did I say Victor? <laughs> yeah. Victor Diaz. <laughs> you got, you got names, man. <laughs> got that phonetic alphabet on the brain this time, right? <laughs> yeah. It just happens. You know, Vitor is not really a name that I've ran across a lot in my real life for 50 some odd years. Victor has. It slips out now and then. But continuing on. In the 83rd, finally. Finally some relief as... uh there's a give good and go play in the box. The ball ends up with uh, Pompeo. He finds Josh Doling open on the far side. And he gives it a nice little chip shot into the net. Yeah, takes Make it, it on. 2-1, <laughs> and that was our final score in this one. Yeah. Uh, we had a debutante in this game, didn't he? Didn't we? Uh, Several. Um, but yeah, Jao Klaus started up front with Doling. Uh, I think got subbed off at the half for uh, for Vitor Diaz, I believe. Um, and then uh, in the second half, we had uh, Tomas Ustrak and Samir Pedro come in off the bench. So they got their first minutes in St. Louis. And uh, Isaac Jensen was there, but he didn't get off the bench in this one. Uh, this keeps City 2 ahead of uh, Houston Dynamo Dos for second in the West, tied on points, but uh, with one more regulation win. Do we still have a game in hand on them as well? Yes. Yeah, so we're still ahead on uh, points per game as well. That's a good thing, but it's, you know, it's, it's, we're on tinder hooks, tinder hooks here. Uh, as it's getting really tight in the West with that loss to uh, Tacoma, who's still chewing things up. Yeah, Tacoma's running away with first. Um, it's it's shaping up to be a tight run race for second, but we're kind of leading that charge. And we're leading it at the start of a big five-game road trip. And not necessarily an easy five-game road trip either here late in the season. We only got one game on this road trip that's coming up that's a walk. All the other ones are either teams that are already in playoff spots or teams in playoff contention. I do want to ask, is there really even such a thing as an easy five-game road trip? No, I was about to say, there's no no games that are a walkover in the middle of a five-game road trip in In, any league. uh, Five-game road trip in the MLS, though, so by extension, MLS Next Pro... You're traveling literally across the country. A five-game road is just never a good thing. You never want to see five games in a row on the road. Yeah, sure, but like the team that's a walk is Timbers, too, who have won one game. It's but a it's walk. in Portland, <laughs> and it's in the middle of a five-game. I wouldn't call it a walk. It's an expected win, but I wouldn't call it a walk. It's a rotation game where the subs get the chance to play. Yeah, and the next game won't be a walkover. That's coming up uh, Sunday uh, against Vancouver. Uh, in this one, it's the 
at uh, 4 p.m. Central Time. Uh, anticipating streaming services, but uh, I'm not going to hold my breath, and neither should you. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. Vancouver's currently sitting sixth in the Western Conference, very much in the playoff race, but not in great form at the moment, however, going one, two, and two in their last five, splitting up the shootouts <laughs> uh, on that. So we'll see. Uh, City 2 has been very good on the road, though that was the bubble was burst against Tacoma. It's late in the season. They're going on the road. Long, long trip for these guys. Uh, most of them first-year pros, so see how they handle that. And it's relatively stiff competition all the way through, as we uh, said. Earthquakes 2 are coming up after Vancouver. They're fifth in the West. Uh the only team on the schedule not in playoff contention is out of playoff contention in a long way. That's uh, Portland Timbers, too. Uh, but they're dead last in the Western Conference. They're not very good. But in the middle of a five-game road trip in Portland, eh, I still got to be up for that one. Can't take that one lightly at all. Can't yeah. take any of these lightly. Anything can happen, but... And the last two games are in Tejas. As they're going to be taking going up against Dynamo Dos and uh, North Texas. Uh, a couple of very good teams have always been at the top of the standings this season. And uh, that's going to set up into the end of the road trip. Coming home to play Sporting Kansas City 2 at a location yet to be determined. Quick question about that uh, North Tejas game. Um isn't there someone that's going to have to miss that, or did, or or did I misremember there being a uh, a red card rule? Um, I don't think that it. Uh, I I I know what's happened here. Um, so our last game against North Texas was the first game after that red card suspension rule went into effect, and so it was in the air, but it did not come up, so that won't. Nobody got a red card in that game, so it won't be affected. Okay, uh, I was just making sure I wasn't misremembering yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. No, what what, what had happened was uh was that was the first game against a quote-unquote repeat opponent that ha that we had in our schedule after the red card uh suspension rule went, in, went into effect. So it was in play, if you will. But nobody got a red card in that game, so it will not matter. Uh is that the game Max Schneider got his fifth for yellow card accumulation had to miss a Next game. No, he missed that actual North. No, he missed the uh, Tacoma game. Yeah. Even if it was, he's already missed it. It because... wasn't a red card. It was just yeah, yellow it card was, accumulation yeah, of yeah, five. It's not yellow card accumulation. That might have been why I that might have yeah. been why I thought that then, because he it's I knew he was for, gonna have to miss a game. It's only for straight reds or double yellows in that game. It's not for yellow card accumulation. You serve that suspension regularly, as Max Schneider did. And uh, one way to keep up with all this is a newly updated St. Louis City app on your mobile device. It almost works now. <laughs> That's nice. It's always worked for me, except the four or five minutes to download a one-minute video, but uh, hopefully this has improved it. But it does have a lot more team information available. It's going to come for MLS, MLS Next Pro. That's the one that's really going on right now and has a lot of uh, other information, rosters, stats, uh, team stats and the leaderboard of player stats for the squad and uh, also a section for the academy uh, 
So it's pretty nice. It's a nice way to get a lot of information. I, I particularly like the way the roster is uh, set up to thumb through to catch all of the players and try to keep up to date with who who I'm watching when I'm at the stadium. For the handful that I'm still not 100% familiar with on site. Yeah. Um, I think the roster list has always been there, but um, the stats page is new. And they also, they changed the way that like that kind of like real thing at the top, how it loads their uh, their videos. So instead of like we alluded to it taking four minutes to buffer a 50 second video, you can kind of just play it and it'll start. Uh, that has been a big issue with me using the app <laughs> previously. Also on the app, uh, there was a nice gallery coming from, what was it, the North Texas game. It was a video. You might see some familiar faces and maybe a familiar logo. <laughs> That's right. It was on the uh, on the megaphone that was used by Josh Yarrow to sing Lead the Team in Happy Birthday to the uh, St. Luligans uh, supporters group. So that's fun. So exciting something for you all to look forward to. If you'd like to revisit three weeks ago. Or tell your friends. Have them watch. Get them interested. And we'll go ahead and uh, pet all three heads of the uh, Cerebus of that is the St. Louis City SC Club. And talk a little bit about the Academy because one of their own, Fritz Vollmer. The defender has been named to the MLS Next All-Star Game. They'll be played Wednesday morning in Minnesota. It's a big honor. There's only 45 names selected between the two All-Star teams, and that's out of all the many dozens and dozens of uh, academies that make up MLS Next. So a uh, very big, very big deal. This is for the U-17 All-Stars. Not every team, of course, with the size of the league can get a player on the roster. He gets singled out. It's a big coup for the academy to have such a thing happen in their first season in existence. So congratulations to Fritz and congratulations to everybody assist, uh, uh, around the entire academy for St. Louis City SC. Yeah. And I, I think actually it's not even like a U-17 all-star. I think it's just all-stars. All of them? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a that's lot even of bigger. players. Oh my that's goodness! A lot of that's a yeah. massive is player huge. pool. Woo! One of forty-five out of all of those thousands and thousands of players out there. Yeah, I think to qualify, you have to be a U eighteen in MLS Next and under. Yeah, U eighteen. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> uh, wow, that's a big deal. That's even bigger than I thought. Yeah, that's singled out. Um, imagine having to sort through and keep track that's of thousands all the players, players. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and narrow it down to here's a handful that we want. Because not every team got one. Not even every MLS associated academy got one. So yeah, good on just, him. Just too many. That's a great honor. Yeah, great honor. And speaking of all stars, good time to transition the MLS all stars will be in action for their one and only time this year. <laughs> That'll hope uh, happen on uh, Wednesday night uh, at 7.30 Central, taking on the Liga MX All-Stars in a rematch of uh, last year's competition that was so much fun, to be quite honest. 
Uh, it's going to be broadcast on ESPN or Univision if you are so inclined or lucky enough to uh, be able to understand every word of the broadcast. Uh, this is one reason to watch this is this year it's been setting up. It's been coming for a while. MLS is the closest to Liga Emakis that it's ever been. MLS is always at this level. They haven't played all these all-star games in the past, but at the top level, MLS always had enough talent to fill out a pretty good all-star team. But uh, we're finding out more and more that the leagues themselves are getting closer and closer competitively, though I would have to say Liga Mekis has a definitive edge and will show it next year in the League's Cup. But uh, this uh, uh, uptick in quality in play in MLS was noticed by uh, league president uh, Miguel Ariola of uh, Liga Emekis, and he was wondering, uh, really talking about how much better and how close the rivalry is becoming. And that leads to something that I'm really looking forward to to the match, is what Commissioner Don Garber of MLS and Miguel Ariola of uh, Liga Emekis are going to have to say when they get interviewed by Taylor Twelman at halftime, which I'm anticipating will happen again this year because it's basically the Don Garber conversation has happened every year in the past. Any other thoughts you guys have about uh, the MLS All-Star Game? Um, I know that a lot of people don't care much about it, but I think that it's fun. Um, and also going up against Liga Mekis, uh in pretty much the same format that we did last year Uh is exciting. It's a it's a nice twist on an exhibition game like this, um, and yeah, I uh, I don't think it is that it's frivolous and a waste of time. And it's also it's, going to be weirdly competitive and a little combative for an exhibition game as well with this setup. Uh, not guaranteed to go on for the future, but I hope this uh, MLS versus Liga MX All Star Game can continue on into the future. Oh, I definitely want to see this. These two leagues keep button heads for for forever and always, as long as they're both around, uh, because it does give a nice competitive edge to the game that uh, I think some All Star games are a little bit lacking. But that's just my opinion. Uh, I'm very excited about this though because it is an All Star game. I like the fact that All Star games do have a little bit more of a fun atmosphere. Always a great time to watch. You can really see these guys get out there, just just go out and play the game that they love to play, whatever sport they're playing. So. I always enjoy watching an All Star game, and I can't wait for this one. And yeah, I do. I do like that. Our that this league, I said, I say our league has that extra competitive edge, though, and I'm very excited to watch it happen yet again. And I want to see the tradition continue. But enough about exhibition. Let's get down to MLS is in the heart of its regular season. As a matter of fact, the secondary transfer window just closed this weekend. <laughs> what a window it was. And to give us a list down of some of the big names that were part of it, here's Sean Campbell. Yeah, we had a absolutely monster transfer window. So we're going to go ahead and try to give you a just a little bit of a recap of everything that's happened. Hit the highlights for you in case you missed those episodes or just joining us and didn't hear us talk about it. Um, so, yeah, the window closed, uh, but you can the MLS can still sign free agent players up until September 2nd, which is the roster freeze date. Uh, after that, there's no more transfers until the or signings until the winter window opens up internationally. Um, some international windows are still open, though, so you might see more players getting signed away or loaned out. But uh, there may not be a lot of 
big names coming in in the next couple of weeks. Uh, just to hit some of the highlights, we have to start off with our our city boys coming in with because those are huge names for us. We got Berkey, Klaus, Pedro, Nilsson, just to name a few of the bigger ones. Uh, we also had the absolute monstrous signings out in LAFC with Bale and Cialini. Uh, we had the giant signings in Toronto with Insigne and Bernadeschi. Uh, there's also Ache Ache that came in this window to, to Houston. Uh, lots of huge, huge, well-known international talents coming in. Uh, Cucho Hernandez comes in and proves himself as well. Just a lot of actually massive names coming in this window. Yeah, you got Gareth Bale, Giorgio Cialini. There's just uh, so many to name. You've also got uh, some players that will be very familiar to fans of the U.S. men's national team coming in back to MLS or to MLS for the first time, don't we? Oh, yeah. We have a couple of couple of national team guys. You've probably already heard their names before. Stop me if you've heard it before, but uh, Matt Miazga comes in. He, he signed with Cincy. And Shaq Moore, we've talked about him a little bit. He signs with Nashville as if, you know, they needed any any better defensive talent. But they went out and got it anyway because Nashville's going to defend because that's what Nashville does. Though not as well this year as they have in the past, so maybe they do need a little help uh, shoring things up. Uh, we mentioned some of the biggest, biggest names, but uh, there's guys like Christian Benteke, uh famous from the Premier League, coming into uh, D.C. United. Uh, Canadian Richie Larea, youngster with a lot of promise, uh, needs some playing time. He's been loaned to Toronto FC. They've been busy. And uh, there's other names out there. There's a lot to mention. A lot to mention. But those are the biggest names. And those are just the transfers in. We've also had some transfers out, haven't we? Oh, absolutely. How I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the out transfers, the absolutely massive signings out from specifically the Revolution with Matt Turner and Adam Books uh, signing over in Europe. Uh, and then probably the marquee transfer out of the MLS this entire season with Tati Castellanos going overseas. Um, bit of a loss there for them. And bit is a bit of an understatement for sure. But there's also Diego Rossi ended up signing with Fenerbach. Um, we mentioned previously that Jack DeVry ended up going to Venezia to join the American contingent there. And then, of course, the young Gaga Slonina ended up signing with Chelsea and then getting loaned back to the fire for the rest of the season. But a lot of talent going in, a lot of talent going out. The young guys going out and making their big name you know, across the pond and hoping that they can even more increase their stock. Yeah, Tati in particular, it was like that's a that's a time bomb waiting to go off, right? It was how long are they going to sit and wait to get the fee that they want? And finally, they pulled the trigger on him and just sent him off on loan. Uh, but that is like one of the best players in MLS. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, and you include Diego Rossi being actually finally sold to Fenerbahce instead of just out on loan. You've got two golden boot winners on those leaving the league. But my, man, look at the talent that came in. We didn't even mention perhaps the most groundbreaking transfer that happened during the window. It was uh, Ricky Puig coming in from Barcelona. 
He's 22 years old. He was started his La Liga career at the age of 19. He was the next big thing for Barcelona. Didn't really kick on for him as well as might have been uh, thought. Uh, kind of got pushed out uh, of the starting rotation. And with their money problems, he was picked as one that they could sell to get some cash back. And they did. Uh, cleared out roster spots for Barcelona. Money spots is really what we're talking about there. But somebody coming in that's still highly rated. Barcelona did not want to get rid of him. He's still got a lot of talent. He'll turn 23 in about a week. Uh, he's still young. He's still extremely talented. And a talent like that coming into MLS is a really big deal. And a sure sign of the times, the new times for MLS in the international market. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, big, big get, especially, I believe they signed, did, did they get him at a U-22 contract? under that initiative or is I, I didn't get to see what kind of deal he was on. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was that or a Tam. It's that one I'm or the not other. Sure. It's yeah. one or the other. Um, I knew it at one time, but so much news pushed it out of the, out of the mind. Yeah. We, we, we do go through, we do churn through quite a bit of transfer news on this podcast. That is for sure. Um, another you know, transfer. through a lot of transfer news. <laughs> Uh, another transfer that I'm not sure, you know, most people are really going to be up on was um, the Agata, tra- William Agata and Tommy going to SKC. Um, I think that might have flown under the radar for a lot of people, but they came in and ended up having a, almost immediate impact. I'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, but getting into some of the more. Uh, uh, one thing about Agata. Uh... Did you see the look on his face when they ruled his goal was actually good? The smile, the just ebullient joy as he jumped into Peter Vermees' arms. In his weekly column on MLSsoccer.com, the armchair analyst Matt Doyle gave it his face of the week. Perhaps, he said, perhaps the face of the decade. It was really fun to see. Welcome to MLS, Mr. Agata. Absolutely fantastic to see a guy open his account um, in in MLS for sure, and and for with that kind of exuberance, I, I hope for many many more to come for him, and especially and for Tommy as well because he also opened his MLS account. Uh, but congrats to them. Uh, moving into some of the more some of the in interleague uh, transfers, we also had Mark Anthony K getting transferred out to. Uh, over to Toronto FC. They were very big players this window, surprisingly. Well, not so surprisingly. They really needed to make a move. Um, and Julian Carranza gets sold to Philly. That was a bit of a shakeup for sure. On that. Uh, but the biggest one, interleague, would have been a former Landon Donovan MVP in uh, Pozuelo. Uh, clearing out roster spots for Bernadeschi and the incoming Italian crowd in Toronto. Yeah, he got sold to Miami at the end of his contract really cheap, and he had, boy, has he changed the attack in Miami. Him and Gonzalo Higuain have been hooking up and making some outstanding plays for a team in Miami that's still not very good, but boy, are they so much better just to watch than they were last year. They're actually fun to watch instead of, 
a chore to do so, and their fans must feel the same. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's it really is amazing what just getting a player that may not be doing like a change of scenery. Amazing what a change of scenery or putting them with the right partner player can do for them, for the club, for each other. It it can absolutely make or break entire careers in the long run um, if you can get paired with the right guy. Look at how Higuain's playing now. He's vibrant and alive. He's making those moves because he's got another player with the talent to pick out what he's going to do before he starts his move and wait for it to develop or be right on it at the right time, whatever is needed. And Pozuelo is just that kind of true number 10 to distribute the ball to still a guy with all the tricks of the trade to score goals in MLS. And Higuain is now looking like the DP player that he hasn't looked like in that throughout his time here in the States. Didn't Higuain get goal of the week like last week or the week before <laughs> that free kick that, that that absolute stunner that was that was world class yeah we definitely i mean we definitely see that also working out in the in the transfer that sent paul Ariola to fc dallas um that he, seeing him work working together with jesus ferreira has really helped scott you know bring him back into you know true relevance in this league and jesus is seeing his goals skyrocket instead of having to compete with Pepe. Uh, so yeah, it, it's just another example of getting the right combination of players can be better than just going out and getting the best player in air quotes. Now that we've, I mean, one last transfer to, to specifically to talk about is a uh, fairly recent one is Buanga to LAFC, a bit of a younger guy, but they made a lot of, they brought in a lot of players and, I think this could be looking like a signing that they're going to keep him for a while and actually be really trying to, to sign on for the future and and keep their success rolling instead of having a constant up and down roller coaster, um, Caleb Porter style, you know, season in, season out. Yeah, and uh, looking over it, you got any uh, overall winners and say losers from this transfer window? A lot of teams were winners, small winners or big winners. Few that Midland, only a couple that really didn't help themselves. What do you got on that? Um, let's start. Let's go ahead and start with the winners. Start with the positives here. I I definitely think that one of the biggest winners, even though they didn't do a whole lot, was the Columbus Crew when they went out and got Cucho Hernandez. Uh, I I think his play on the field speaks for itself. Uh, I think Columbus really won the window here. Um, Him and Zellerion have hooked up into a partnership that is just, you know, Zellerion can make a run for MVP with his goals and his assist, and Hernandez is just making the runs, being lively. The crew needed that so much, getting the assist, and there's just there, it's night and day since he came in. He's been it, so exciting. I believe the word you're looking for that I know you use all the time is vitality in the attack. Yeah, lots of vitality. Absolutely. Um, another winner, even though they're not exactly flying up the table right now, um, I think it's I think DC United did a lot of great things. They brought in a lot of great talent with Benteke. Uh, they managed to steal away David Ochoa, uh, Paulson, Miguel Berry. They got a nice mix of transfers within the league from outside the league. Um, granted, they they sent away Julian Gressel, but 
they they really did a lot to improve their standing and their 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 overall player talent um and the on-field production has really shown they've they've been playing pretty well especially with bringing in Wayne Rooney as their new coach and uh one of the names you did mention was uh the midfielder Ravel Morrison which was his boy at Derby County in the championship as they almost pulled off an unbelievable miracle coming from a 21-point penalty for falling into insolvency. Uh, So he's on the team. So they got their problems still. They got a lot to work out, but they're looking in better shape and set up for a coach that uh, seems to have an idea of exactly what he wants to do. And what he wants to do is a little unorthodox, so it's going to be fun to watch them at least to see how it plays out the rest of the season. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I, I, I definitely expect great things from DC United in the in the next few years. Maybe not immediately next year, but I think they're going to get even better in the next window. And having a, a fir- their first full season under Wayne Rooney is going to be excellent for them. But I think someone who really helped themselves for this season and may have set them up was uh, one move for FC Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. I, I think them going out and getting Miazga was an absolute necessity. Um, it's already showing dividends. They, they got a great win. And I think that's going to really shore up that, that D-line. And I can, I can see a lot more W's coming their way in the next couple of years. Their attack is fantastic. One of the very best in the league. They need to stop shipping goals. And Miazga can really help. Because I think he's got enough game. He was awfully good in MLS for he went out on loan from everywhere, signing with Chelsea. That was a mistake. So now he gets to come back home and uh, have a place to stay and play on a good team. And sometimes that's all you need is is having that one team that you can stay with, you can play with, you can get a consistent run of form year in and year out instead of going somewhere for six months and then coming back and practicing but not playing and then going somewhere else for a few months and then somewhere else. You need that consistency. Or at least get playing time like, say, one Gareth Bale, who seems very, very happy in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Gareth Bales, LAFC. I think LAFC is... Uh, up there in the in the top two winners in this in this window for sure they somehow managed to ship out to jury shradi and still come out on top as winners in this window I, I mean we've already mentioned all their big names and they were already leading the shield uh the shield competition and they decided we're not satisfied we need to continue to keep getting better so and get younger guys as well and they went out and did exactly what they needed to do and i I think LAFC is going to be the new Death Star. They seem to be making a real push to be the very best uh, club in North America, and that includes Mexico. That's a hot take. I didn't say they'll get there, but it sure looks like that's what they're out for. Oh, it's what they're shooting for, and I think they have the the better way of doing it than the other LA team that, you know, was known for just getting the big splashy names and just kind of middling out most of the time. They didn't need uh, Chiellini to come in to shore up their defense, but they had very, very, very good young defenders on that back line. He can come in and show them the ropes and show some of the dark arts he knows that he showed in this week that we'll get through in the roundup. 
even even starting in the offseason, Steve Tarantolo swooped into LAFC and really elevated this team from middle of the table to top run contender possibly for years to come. I thought that this was going to be their kind of like one like last shot, but they're building a team that looks like it could carry on in the future. Speaking of teams that thought they were on the way to being the best team in all of North America, uh, Toronto FC's back. Or at least they're trying to be, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. You just look at look at the names we named above, Bernadeschi and Insigne. And just, just look at this team in the last couple of weeks and tell me that I'm wrong when I say that I think they're, they were also one of the winners in this window. You can't. You cannot tell me that Toronto was not a winner in this in this window. Insigne got all the money and all the glory, but boy, Bernadeschi looks like he is going to dominate MLS in a way that the Atomic Ant did for Toronto FC. Uh, I just see big things happening, and with Insigne, you know you've got somebody that can put the ball in the net. They bring back Mark Anthony K to shore up the midfield because, let's put it bluntly, for all of the benefits Michael Bradley gives you, he can't run any faster than me anymore. So uh, they needed some help there. Uh, another team that needed a little help to actually become good might be getting good, and that's up in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Vancouver probably had, in my opinion, the, the, the coup of the in, within-the-league transfers by going out and getting Gressel. Uh, the, the, having him on that back line is going to absolutely help them get more points. And I think it really renews their playoff hopes and gives them an absolute chance of actually making it instead of just being the, you know, one of the first two out on that bubble. Yeah. I'm not so sure he's going to be the big difference on defense as much as his crosses, uh, coming from the wing, but the defense, they shored up, uh, early, early in the window with Andreas Kubas the destroying midfielder who has really turned around their team. They're much more stout just because he is in that uh, Diego Charro mode of uh, just being a destroyer. Uh, he was a very big pickup. Between just the two of those, getting uh, a couple of uh, individuals that were hurt coming back, uh, they're going to make things complicated as the West is getting very complicated now as we head into the playoff stretch run. I I, it, I think I think that's about enough for the winners. I don't have anybody else that really made any big moves that really vastly improved them outside of those. You know, in a closed league, not everyone can be winners because the winners got to beat somebody. Who are you going oh, yeah. beating? Um, I think we can all agree that uh, one of the biggest losers in this in this window has to be the Houston Dyna. No, as I'm calling them. The only move they made was they swapped out a winger that wasn't playing, and they brought in a winger who probably won't play either. And I don't know if they're hoping that the guys that they have are just going to step up and somehow change their game and take it to the the you know three gears up from what they're playing, or 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 if they just don't know what they're doing. But either way, it's a bad look for Houston right now. Yeah, they. Bringing in Hector Herrera has uh, really complicated the lineups for them. If they play their best offensive lineup, they can't defend worth a lick. Uh, if they don't, they can't score. They're they're in kind of a mess right now. That move didn't really work out. 
Uh, Ache has made him more fun to watch. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, fun doesn't mean good. Yeah. Yeah, you can uh, have a great fun to watch midfielder and and have the midfield making great passes, taking on guys, dribbling through players. But at the same time, if you don't have the players to put that ball in the back of the net consistently and the guys that can stop it from going in your net consistently, I'm going very John Madden here, everybody. I'm sorry, but (laughs) if you can't score goals and stop the other team from scoring goals, you're not going to win the game. I'm I'm not John Madden. In the game of football, there's one quarterback and his name is Ache Ache. (laughs) Of course, there's a... New York City FC, who lost the Golden Boot winner and their striker, Tate Castellanos, but they're covered with talent. Their biggest loss in the transfer window may have been their head coach, Ronnie Dahlia. Yeah, I mean, that that was a, a big loss for them. But I think, the, I think the, the replacement is, I think he's showing that he can do it just fine. Um, I think this is a bit of an example of being a loser in the window while also not actually dropping any points um they lost because they had the biggest outgoing and they lost all that talent on the field but i think they're gonna be just fine Uh, i'm not so sure they're kind of a shadow of their former selves i got my eye on them i'll be watching through the end of the season yeah um yeah, Dahlia going uh, really kind of rocked the boat in a pretty big way and kind of in a way that hasn't been fully righted yet. Tati was a matter of time. We all knew it was coming. Uh, so I don't think that it should have surprised anybody in the NYCFC front office. I don't think it did. And also, I you're going to feel it, but it's not a tremendous, it's not an overwhelming loss to let Tati go. I think it was expected enough that they had a chance to build up a little bit um, and and prepare for it and get a plan together for how they were going to tackle it. Uh, and yeah, it's it. There's going to be some some growing pains with that in getting on without him, and even with the unexpected loss of Delia, I think they had enough of a plan that they can they can come back from it. It's just going to it might take a little bit of time, but I don't see this changing their fates next especially next season but uh that's about all i've got does anyone else have somebody that i missed as a loser in the window maybe maybe orlando city uh they brought in you know usmnt player uh jokini to shore up the uh the attack at forward some other attacking talent but they really missed out on uh left back center back that they really really needed they haven't been playing very well outside of the u.s open cup uh maybe that's going to be enough for them that'd be a really big year if they can hold on to the playoffs but uh right now i'm not so sure they did need to do the little things to shore them up that certain teams like uh, right around them, like FC Cincinnati and the Columbus Crew, did. So they may bear the brunt, and uh, by the time uh, decision day comes around, I think I'd have to agree with that. Honestly, uh, they did not improve where they needed to, and they're on that bubble. I think this. I think their lack of movement ends up making them one of the first couple out. And that's just a quick overview of the comings and goings and what might turn out to be one of the most impactful uh, transfer windows in the history of MLS. Uh, 
But it was also a very impactful week on the pitch in MLS. As Saturday saw MLS set a record with, in 13 games, 57 goals were scored. It was wild and wacky out there. And to give us a rundown, here's Sean Campbell again. Yeah, we had an absolutely monstrous Saturday. Um, won't won't try to bore you with all the all the details and the ins and outs, but we'll try to hit the highlights for you for sure. Uh, gonna start with my own little personal, you know, positive moment of the weekend. Uh, SKC have an absolute monstrous game and stunned the Galaxy four two at Children's Mercy um, on the back of a of brace of goals from William Agata. Chicharito brings it within one super late, but then Daniel Shallowy in true Hungarian assassin mode puts a dagger in the game. Uh, if it weren't for Bond in net for the Galaxy, this game would have gotten extremely out of hand. Uh, it's it's a little bit too late, too little too late to be winning games right now. Uh, I think we need to start looking towards next season and just accept that, that piece of splintery, splintery silverware. Um, but it's still great to see a win in your home park, that's for sure. LA yeah. Galaxy fans got to be feeling a little bit right now like uh, sporting fans and that the season is slipping away from them. Yeah, uh, yeah. For, for sporting fans, I think that we are beyond a little bit too little too late. But it is nice to grab a win. Um, and yeah, I don't think that I don't think that anybody in or around the galaxy is very happy this week. <laughs> well, I will say I think at at this point in the game, I think the the positive is the difference is the fact that sporting fans will have already accepted their fate by the time decision day comes, but the galaxy may very well be in an absolute heartbreaking situation where they get knocked out on decision day yet again. And we and I to do see not hopes crushed. <laughs> Yeah, not a lot of happy fans in Seattle this week, is there? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, Seattle went down to Atlanta. Uh, I mean, I guess we could say the devil went down to Georgia. I hope that doesn't get us, you know, <laughs> demonetized for copyright. But uh, yeah. Sounders went down to Atlanta and, and ended up losing 2-1. Uh, I watched this game in its entirety, and I think my favorite takeaway was the fact that Taylor Twelman alluded to the fact that he may or may not can neither confirm nor deny has experience punting in full cans of beer into the crowd. And I just love that implication. Um, St. Louis boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, through and through, what else would we do? You know, drink the beer. Well, obviously we should, but if you're on the pitch, you can't, who do you think you are? Josie Altador over at Stoke. Sorry, Sunderland. <laughs> you can't, you kick it cleats first and then you catch it and shotgun it in one motion in the stands. Ah yes, I I need to perfect that. Um, but no, it's a couple of couple of takeaways from this game. Brian Schmetzer faces one of his former assistants for the second game in a row, and for the second game in a row, he loses to his former assistant. The student has now become the master. Um, this is especially pertinent because Atlanta gets their first ever win against the Sounders. And I, I have to say, I think a lot of that was on the back of Cisneros looking absolutely dynamic for them on the field there. Um, the Sounders ended up drawing level but and flipped the game on its head for a little bit. But at that point, it was basically all Atlanta. That was Atlanta's first ever win against the Sounders in club history? Yes. 
They wow. don't play very often. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, cr- you know, cross cross to uh, cross conference, but still. Yeah, in their in their relatively short history, because Atlanta only became a uh, an MLS club what like five years ago, six years ago, right? Yeah, and their their window of being an absolute destroying type team was pretty short, actually. Yeah, but anyway, it was they looked to have have the game up until the Sounders drew level, um, and then the Sounders kind of took the momentum away from them. But in the end of in the end, at the death, Gutmann comes out and literally says, "Nope, I'm taking that victory out of the jaws of defeat," and the five stripes get the win. And you just you love to see those kinds of games. It was an absolute lovely game to watch. All kinds of fun, and I just love watching the Sounders get pinned back for most of the game. And Gutman, with the uh, lights at the bend shining off his bald head, just out of nowhere, just put in a, a rocket into the net, just out of nowhere. Didn't see that coming. At the absolute death, too. Yeah. I believe I believe the term we would use in the music business is an absolute banger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who did not have a banger was, uh, shall we say, former superstar Joseph Martinez. As a striker, he just looked very slow and out of it in this game. Taylor Twelman was talking about it a lot on the broadcast. Uh, matter of fact, he is so slow and hesitant now where he never was before his knee injury that he might be holding back this attack. Uh, not to mention Marcelo Moreno doing crazy things at crazy times that no one knows what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, kind of sad to see. Uh, Joseph Martinez uh, seems to have been really, uh, career really hampered by that knee injury. Hampered was exactly the word I was thinking of. Um, But I would absolutely agree. He looks like he's missing a beat right now. And who knows, maybe he just needs a good offseason to get, you know, properly healed and actually take some time to himself and comes back next year to put put together another MVP caliber campaign, but that remains to be seen. They get the win, and that's what matters. Yeah, but it always sucks to see somebody playing through these lingering injuries, and you really just got to hope that it doesn't haunt them for their career because, uh, yeah, Joseph Martinez was a fantastic player, um, and you don't want to see a career like that cut short. Well, it always takes an extra year, you know, the season you're hurt plus another year to come back from an ACL. He got hurt very early in the season two years ago, but he had complications in going back in and having it done again and again. Uh, we'll see. Knee injuries on athletes are always a serious, serious problem. Just look at Gail Sayers. Moving on. Moving on up the eastern coast. We're going to take it up to the up to the metro we're going to be watching we're going to be talking about the red bull new york and rapids game that was an absolute slug fest and that's the only way i can describe this um outside of remember that comment a couple weeks ago um from from i can't remember which coach it was but he said they went out there and defended by apps like absolute little boys yeah no this first half was a great example of how not to defend so for those of you that have kids that are listening from the No Nap City crew, um, show them that first half and tell them don't play like that. <laughs> because there were five goals in the first half, but two of them were penalty kicks. 
And that is the kicker for me on how not to defend. Abubakar ends up getting shown straight red that for Dogso that gets turned yellow for one of those PKs. I think it should have stayed red because I think it was Dogso. He straight up gave a shove and pulled his hands back real quick and hoped the ref didn't see it. But it's in the past at this point. Um, Coronel ends up doing his best Scott Sterling impression at some point to no avail because the rebound ends up getting knocked in, in behind him. Uh, but more importantly, that, that attacking trio for the Rapids of Barrios, Zardes, and Rubio just had an, they had a monstrous week. The three of them absolute monstrous week. And it, it just, they just looked so good. They synced so well. They really clicked on the pitch. Uh, later in the game, they, they we actually had a pitch invader. Someone came onto the field, and at the same time, I was also noticing that Lukinas was not wearing a number in the I know at that point. What happened with that? I only saw the highlights for this, so I don't somewhere. I don't know what somewhere happened. in the action, uh, somebody pulled his number off his jersey. <laughs> oh, they just straight ripped it off. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who it was, but if I had one guess, I'd say Lala Sabubakar. Oh, that makes total sense. <laughs> they, like what? They didn't like iron it on all the way, so he just grabbed like a like a I corner. <laughs> don't know, but uh, yeah, that that's that, that the announcers made mention of it. You got ripped off. This is what I get for watching highlights and not watching games. I don't get that greatness they're taking away your number and giving you a name <laughs> um does that mean we can start calling him gloria because i think they got his number <laughs> 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 i cracked myself up this, yeah, oh, this, at least you cracked somebody up <laughs> but, but anyway uh, these are yeah these are a couple of uh a couple of uh really Historically well known for their defense, haven't been lately. <laughs> Just clocked out. <laughs> they've been, uh, they've they've been, and and uh, pardon my French, but it seems like the last year or two, these two clubs have been very uh, balls to the walls, high octane, full force scoring. Uh, one thing that's happened is uh, for the Rapids is their coach uh, Robert Frazier. Has made a formation change, put him in something more of a four-four-two or more traditional with Zardas there, and they're now scoring goals where they couldn't before, but they're having trouble stopping goals. But unlike the LA Galaxy, they can actually score more than the uh, their opponents do all of a sudden. So they're someone to watch in the Western Conference. Yeah, but it real like like the defenses were real like five p.m. quitting time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it, it was it was an absolute mess it, it, that's the only way i could describe it um but moving along into the into the second game of the week for the rapids uh that was a midweek game this one is a was the weekend game and the trio keeps at it it ends up being 4-3 rapids over the loons and Zardes with a hat trick. Rubio gets a goal. Barrios gets an assist. This is Zardes' second hat trick of his career. 
and his second hat trick against the loons specifically (laughs) he has he owns minnesota united there's no ifs ands or buts about it um Almeria, though, on the other side of the ball, just, oh, that goal. I could watch that goal for forever and always. I think this I think this might compete with that earlier Thunder Bastard we mentioned. Oh, man, it was so great. But uh, their goalkeeper, Dane St. Clair, who started off the season just phenomenal, has tailed off a bit coming back to earth. He's had a couple of, uh, couple of rough patches the last few games. Oh, yeah, he has not had a good run of form the last couple of games. He's been lit up. Um, I don't know if it's it, it's just him being young and inexperienced or if maybe it's the fact that the line in front of him can't defend worth their salt most games, but it, it could be six to one, half of the other. Um, either way, I, I think he's going to bounce back, use it as a learning experience, and hope and pray that he can keep them in contention because – I really don't want to see a talent like that get discouraged by a couple of bad experience by a couple of bad games, you know. Next up's probably the biggest shocker uh of the week. Uh one team fairly good, the other team riding high in the standings, but uh somehow FC Cincinnati walks out with a victory. We wouldn't have said that ever in the past, would we? Uh, no, not until this season. They've had a, they've had a great season so far. I mean, they've had a couple of bumps in the road, but they end up coming out with a three, one win over here, um, on the backs of Vasquez and Brenner, because who else? Um, it was scoreless at the half, but they ended up getting, I think it was scoreless at half. I could be wrong on that, but they scored two goals in the first 10 of the second half, one for each of them. And it's the two guys you expect to score, uh, Brenner, Early in the you know in the first half had a chance where he does his his best Diego Maradona impression and VAR that we have now that they didn't back in the day of cocaine fueled scoring fits <laughs> um, managed to catch him and, and say uh, 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 fool me <laughs> once shame on you fool me twice <laughs> fool me twice shame on me yeah um, the the Union Philadelphia Union take the loss here it's not really going to harm them. But uh, basically, Cincinnati's just showing that their attack on any given day can beat anybody. Yeah, I really aside. Yeah, like aside from that, like I watch this game and my cross to bear. I always watch the worst games. This game was a slog Um, since he had the upper hand the whole time, but nobody could score in the first half. And but like since he bossed it all like front to front to back. But it just a knockout, dragout brawl of a game, and not in a good way. <sighs> that game was boring. <laughs> yeah, talking about uh, we've got a lot of teams here known for their defense that hasn't been showing up, uh, especially this week. And we got another one that happened uh, in what's not becoming a fortress of Geodas Park in Nashville. It's almost like they were given a bad omen by by losing to the first loss club i'm calling them uh nashville loses three to four to toronto fc at yoda's park and the the difference maker the game winner in this one is insigne's first and it with with his new club that's the difference here uh that and the fact that nashville couldn't score to save their life they couldn't they couldn't finish a chance to save their life 
Um, but I, I would be remiss if I mentioned this game without mentioning that absolute stunner of a late penalty of, of a late corner. Hani Mukhtar puts in an absolute beautiful swinger right onto the head of, of Walker Zimmerman, who does exactly what you expect Walker Zimmerman to do and goes up for it, heads it down, buries it, and oh, that's, yeah. that's a goal. Yeah, that maybe. was a gorgeous. Yeah, that one was gorgeous. It also took like three minutes of VAR review, didn't it? <laughs> I think they were looking for uh, offside at that point, and I'm I'm not sure why. Uh, it was not offside (laughs) it didn't i think they were doing that just just for just because they they needed to check their bases but it i mean granted i think it was i think it was more like i think it was more that they thought that walker zimmerman might have fouled the defender or like tried to climb the ladder or something which he also didn't really do oh Um, no that was that was a a dominant in the air yeah yeah yeah, he's 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 tall. He's got like a twenty-inch vertical, man. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was an exciting game, and Nashville's defense seems to be falling apart uh, to the point where they are now losing, but in high-scoring affairs, as opposed to losing one-nil or you know drawing one-one, which is a vast change from what we saw from them last year. Vast change, and not necessarily for the better been a vast change in san jose since they uh changed coaches earlier this year they're playing much better and they had a had a hell of a play in this uh draw with austin didn't they oh absolutely bringing a new coach bringing a couple of transfers like a bobacy in the offseason um they they managed to knock out not just a, a draw but a 3-3 draw with austin Austin, the team we've been singing the praises of all season, um, but it's a bit of a bang bang play. Uh, there's a there there ends up being a shot coming in across the box. Stuver punch or sorry, it's a corner kick that comes in. Stuver gets aggressive, punches it out, but in doing so, he's he's scrambling to his feet and he's trying to get his bearings to get it where the ball is and everything. And in doing so, he punches it a good forty yards out. Into the, into the midfield, and there's Paul Marie just standing there all by himself, sees the ball come to him, settles it, and just, I know we throw this word around a lot, but just puts an absolute screamer of a thunder bastard into the top corner, and Stuver has no chance. Man, the I, fullback would, said, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I'd like to say I saw it, but I didn't see it. I just kind of... In, inferred the trajectory it was so it's so hard what a shot what a shot thank mike, you, you sir <laughs> may i have another mike you introduced the the absolute thunder bastard into the vocabulary of this show and it has become a cognito hazard <laughs> uh, i stole it from matt doyle <laughs> blame him well matt if you're listening thank you we're going to continue using it um Austin didn't let the, I mean, that, that goal ended up putting the Quakes up and ahead, but Austin didn't let that last very long. Um, Ethan Finley comes in, does the work on the wing. He's he's just an absolute force out there. I, I can't deny it. Um, puts a beautiful ball in. Driussi making the late lung-pumping run and just absolutely buries it on the first touch. <laughs> 
everyone, <laughs> more and more people are saying it. Drew Usy's having an MVP candidate career. Or people are trying season. to catch him, and he just keeps doing the job. It's almost like we called this early in the season, and we totally called it. <laughs> oh, wait. Um, but what I want to talk about, though, most importantly, is the last Austin goal. Because I, I, I've been playing soccer a long time. And I still don't know how that ball did not cross the end line and how Driussi managed to get a brace by finding it after it rolled under a player that was on the ground, not just like sitting, but like laying on the ground. He tracked it through the player and somehow managed to score from the end line off the near post. I, how? How does that happen? <laughs> Sometimes you're good, sometimes you're lucky. But it helps if you're alert and never give up on a play. <laughs> we only have to be lucky once. That's fair. <laughs> but also, one one last thing about this game is uh, that that goal, I believe, put uh, put Austin above 3-2. But Jeremy Abobasi said, no, I will not be denied. And Drew Level with arguably one of the best header goals I've ever seen better than the Zimmerman header because he managed to skip it and bounce it and really throw the keeper off and just, Ooh, this is what we've come to expect from him and hope to see more of for sure. Pulling off a Baltimore chop in in San Jose. (laughs) You know, in the past, RSL has been a real thorn in the side of LAFC with some historic wins against them, but not not this week oh no this week was the shoe was on the other foot uh first we have to start with uh chicho arango he just there's a bit of a bit of a pinball going on in the in the six he manages to settle it to him to himself with the with the with his with his heel and turns and back heels it in true magisterial cheeky back heel style and I, 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 I'm speechless after that. This thing was gross. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> if that goal... goal... If that goal was on the McDonald's menu, it would be a filthy McNasty. <laughs> <laughs> and there was another utterly speechless type goal, I would say. Oh, I don't know if I'd say speechless so much as expected. Um, for those of you that didn't actually watch this game, Gareth Bale goes vintage Bale and get picks up the ball right about midfield, goes on a run down the wing, attracts two defenders, burns them both, gets to the end line, turns around them, and cuts into the middle of the box and just slots it home in classic vintage Bale style. And as a Bale fanboy, you'll love to see it. The guy well- got it. The Welshman has invaded our lands and is burning our villages. Not to say what the Italian did in this game is really awe-inspiring. Giorgio Collini, as they're getting a long ball over the top on a break, he jumps up with two hands, bats the ball out of the air like a volleyball player, knowing absolutely that he's getting a yellow card because he had defenders behind him, so it's not a red for Dogso. He broke up the break, employed the dark arts magnificently just stunningly but again like bale it's to be expected 
Kalini's been doing this for years and years and years, uh, both internationally and in Serie A. It just goes to show how smart he is. You got to know your rule book if you're going to do stuff like that. He knew his rule book. He was getting a professional yellow. He just jumped up in the air and batted it out with two hands. It was phenomenal. I was going to say, I think this is the absolute textbook definition of a tactical yellow card. He knew he yes. was getting it. He did it on purpose, but it was so worth it. Exciting things happening in Salt Lake City. <laughs> but yeah, LAFC just, they're, they're just, it almost looks like they're trying to find creative ways to win now and to play the game. And it worked out. They ended up getting the 4-1 win and just trouncing RSL at Rio Tinto. Uh, we've got one last game to wrap up for y'all for this week. And that is in Columbus. The crew take on NYCFC. We've got a winner against a loser. And it, it actually ended up being the winner's win and the loser's lose. 3-2, crew over, the, over City, over the Pigeons. I just learned that they were called the Pigeons this week. That's a fun one. Um... But it was a game of giveaways and deflections. The crew would score on the giveaways, and the pigeons would score on the deflections, and it ended up those ended up being the big differences. Um, Eloy Room had an absolutely great game. There really wasn't anything he could have done any differently on either of NYC's goals. Meanwhile, on the other end, in the other set of sticks, Sean Johnson, you are, you may be an all star, but you are definitely hurting your cause of of starting and even going to Qatar. So you may need to step up your game there, buddy. But the positive side of it, we have Zellerion and Kucho Hernandez. They duo it again. <laughs> pause for <laughs> pause for no laughter. Got it. You were so proud of this in the show notes. I, can I tell. am. I capitalized <laughs> it for a reason. <laughs> oh, man. I, I do really like seeing like where you write in your own jokes in the show notes. <laughs> you like the only thing it's missing is like a like a, a break to another bullet point and it says pause like pause for pause for laughter <laughs> or or like a big old thumbs up or emoji. applause yeah. <laughs> pause for applause. <laughs> uh, but regarding Sean Johnson, I don't think that this was a go good showing this week for anybody in goal <laughs> no i can't think of anybody really yeah does. defenses I mean, were leaking like a sieve goals were going in like i mean if we're going <laughs> strictly off of numbers i mean crepo had a bad game for crepo but that doesn't mean it was a bad game because crepo is just kind of like next level at this point in this league <laughs> top one percent removed to to normalize results <laughs> ah outlier that's the word you're looking for <laughs> in so many words yes <laughs> that's about all i've got for mls this week did any did anyone have anything that i missed no we didn't talk about the chicago fire so we did get an email from our friend tio luis thanking him for the shout out every time we talk about the fire but <laughs> so sorry, here, here's your Luis, one this week. <laughs> uh, we didn't talk about the fire, so no shout out for you this week. Yeah. Uh, although, oh, yeah, oh wait, congrats. no, we Chicago just beat Charlotte. <laughs> oh, we yeah. already we already gave him the shout out by saying <laughs> we weren't giving him a shout out. Oh no, what are we gonna do? <laughs> no, I I always love getting I always love getting the, the listener interaction. So please, please do interact and give us questions. Give us give us something so we can give you a shout out. I would be more than happy. 
to say your Twitter handle, your actual name. Heck, I'll even put your phone number out and give you an endorsement. I don't know. Just, <laughs> I want listener interaction. I love talking to you guys. Yeah, you hear it here first. Sean will dox you. <laughs> All right. Hey, no, 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 no. I didn't say dox. I didn't say dox. Just, just, whatever you want me to put out there, I will. I will yeah. gladly say it unless it is problematic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening to the Soccer Capital Paradox. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a good time to wrap this up. And I, I, I think I've had enough silly fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm your host, Mike Turner. I'm your producer, Mason. And I'm your cave-dwelling hooligan, Sean. And we're very happy you've been listening. We're the Soccer Capital Podcast. Bye for now.